In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You cannot receive the Holy Spirit through the waters of holy baptism and expect your life to continue on as it was before without any change. No, receiving the Holy Spirit means that you are different than you were, and you should therefore expect your life to be different than it was. For you were once dead in your trespasses and sin, but now you have been made alive together with Christ. You once had been enslaved to the lusts of your flesh and the debauchery of this world, but now you are free from service to sin and are free servants of Christ. You once were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. To be granted the Holy Spirit, who gives to you all these gifts, comes with effects. It came with effects even for our Lord Jesus Christ, effects which we see in the Holy Gospel appointed for us today. When the Lord Jesus received the Spirit at his baptism coming down upon him in the form of a dove, it had an effect on him. Jesus is the one, as you well know, who is, in essence, one being with the Spirit, both being persons of the indivisible Holy Trinity. And yet, when Jesus was thus anointed with the Holy Spirit in that unique way at his baptism, it had an effect. Things changed. He received the Spirit, and immediately the Spirit acted upon him. Jesus did not ascend the banks of the Jordan to head back home to Nazareth. Instead, he climbed out of the Jordan, and the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. And there he was for 40 days. The Spirit drove him there. The Spirit drove him to the place where there is no food, where he would go without standard bodily nourishment for 40 days. The Spirit drove him out to the domain of Satan to be tempted in a body weakened by fasting. The Spirit drove him out to the place of wild beasts seeking someone to devour. The Spirit drove Jesus to the wilderness in this way because these things are required for him in order for him to fulfill his office as Redeemer of the world, the office to which the Holy Spirit anointed him when he descended upon him at his baptism. Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, was anointed to redeem you from your sin by his death and to bring the good news of that victory to you through the preaching of the gospel. In order to carry out that office, Jesus had to go into the wilderness. And so the spirit who anointed him to that office drives him into the desert so he can fulfill that office. And there Jesus hungers in order that we who hunger and thirst for righteousness might be satisfied. There he is tempted by Satan and overcomes, 
so that we who fall into sin when tempted might be redeemed from its guilt. He is made to roam shelterless among the threatening and irrational wild beasts so that he might restore us to his eternal heavenly home and put words of praise in our mouths. And in addition to all those things, the Spirit places him in reliance upon the angels. He who created the angels and with a word commands them goes forth in weakness like us, and he is made the object of their ministry. All of this Jesus does at the behest of the Spirit, the Spirit who anointed him at his baptism. And if it is so for Christ, who is by nature one with the Spirit, then how much more will it be for us, who in holy baptism receive the Holy Spirit completely from the outside? If the Holy Spirit so acts upon Jesus that he is driven into the wilderness in this way, then we can certainly expect that he will act upon us too. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but he gave us the spirit of power, of love, of self-discipline. He gave us the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit who produces in us faith and good works. For before you received the Holy Spirit in baptism, you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and as slaves of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. But now that you have received the Holy Spirit, present your members therefore as slaves of righteousness leading to sanctification. Now you are to abstain from the lustly, fleshly lusts and to walk in the Spirit, for to this you were called. For Christ also walked in the Spirit as he received it, and has left us an example that you should follow in his steps. He who did not resist the urging of the Spirit, but went willingly into the wilderness for our sakes. Christ was anointed with the Holy Spirit to his office, in order to win redemption for you. You likewise have been anointed with the Holy Spirit to an office, not redeemer of the world, but you have been anointed to the office of Christian, the office of self-denial, the office of taking up your cross daily and following Christ. And in order that you may fulfill that office, the Holy Spirit drives you into the wilderness. For we are driven into the wilderness of this world. Though we were once friends of the world, we are no longer after baptism. When we were washed and made alive in holy baptism, we were united with Christ, and we are therefore the world's enemies. So the world is for us a wilderness. It is not a home. It is a place of desolation and unrighteousness, causing us to hunger and thirst for the righteousness of Christ. It is the place where the devil works to bring temptation into sin. And it is the place where we are surrounded by those who are like wild animals. 
For all who are separated from Christ through unbelief are irrational, even speechless. They cannot speak the truth of God. Our lives as spirit-anointed Christians in the wilderness of this world are lived under the example of Christ and his time in the wilderness. For if St. Peter makes the sufferings of Christ an example for us, then his time in the wilderness is likewise an example for us that we should follow. For the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness and he drives us into the wilderness of this earth. And the Spirit puts us into battle against the world as he sets us in the midst of unbelievers. The world which hates us because we are in Christ and the world hated him first. The Spirit puts us in the fight against the devil. As Peter says, the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith. And St. Paul exhorts us to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the principalities, the powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The fight in this wilderness is real. And because you are baptized, you are in it. But the tools for waging this battle are also supplied by the Holy Spirit who puts us in the battle. For just as Christ was aided in the wilderness by the ministry of the angels, you also receive and rely on aid during the time of your, your sojourning on this earth. Indeed, if you did not receive such heavenly aid, then you would certainly become, be overcome by the world and the devil. So the Spirit grants us faith, the faith that comes through the hearing of the word of God from the outside, and the faith which is our shield. This faith receives Christ's righteousness and the forgiveness of sins through his blood. And it is this faith, therefore, that assures us that though we fight these battles in our lives on this earth, the war has already been won for us by the death and resurrection of Jesus. The Spirit arms us also with his very own sword, which is the word of God. He arms us with the breastplate of Christ's righteousness, which covers all our sin. He gives us the belt of truth that cannot be overcome, even should the enemy peddle endless lies. And he gives us the readiness of the gospel of peace as shoes on our feet, by making us hearers of the gospel of the word made flesh. Armed with these, we fight boldly, knowing that we cannot be defeated. For even should we fall frequently in this battle against the world and the devil due to the weakness of our sinful flesh, even though we often sin when tempted and find the enemy gaining the upper hand for the moment, our victory nevertheless stands secure. For Christ raises us up again. He restores us with his words of forgiveness and strengthens us with the salvation that he won for us when he overcame the world and the devil for good by his death on the cross. 
And we wage this fight with the knowledge and hope of the glory that awaits us when the battle is done. For this is why Christ waged his battle in the wilderness and left the wilderness and humbled himself to the point of the death of the cross. He did that in order that you may obtain his heavenly glory, which never fades away. In your baptism, the Holy Spirit anointed you for life as a stranger in exile in this world, a life of suffering and a life of battle against sin, the world, and the devil. And so your life in the wilderness of this earth is now different than it was before you were anointed by the Holy Spirit. But more than that, the Holy Spirit anointed you for heavenly life, won for you by Christ, a life of joy and glory and a life of peace in his heavenly dwelling place, which has no end. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.